Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Duly Noted Podcast is brought to you by Zaxby's, the home of handmade-to-order chicken, salads, and more than a dozen mild-to-wild sauces. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today. And by Vistar Credit Union, with locations across Gator Country. Visit ViStarCU.org. And the Humidor, going the distance for fine cigars. This is Dooley Noted, everything Florida Gators, with your host, Pat Dooley. Okay, and welcome into another Dooley Noted podcast. Uh, still a little bit mechanically, that's not the right word, technically challenged. We were going to bring you a guest today uh, for this podcast, but uh, unfortunately, uh, we haven't been able to figure some things out. They've got a new app that's where you can take phone calls, which could be very valuable for me for all the times I have to tape interviews. In fact, I just taped one with uh, Connor Davis. I'm going to be writing that story a little bit later in the week on, uh, he's developed an app himself for kickers, and Connor Davis, of course, the son of Judd Davis, kicks at uh, Dartmouth. So, uh, but yeah, you know, when you're doing all these interviews, some it, this this will be a cool app if I can ever figure it out. But I'm not very smart, especially when it comes to... Uh, Technology. I'm getting better, getting better, and and the fact that we we're able to, able to bring you a podcast. I know I looked at the number of people that uh, that downloaded last week's, and it was a very high number. I was very happy with that, and I had several people reach out and say thanks. I got my fix of the duly noted podcast. So we'll talk about a lot of things, including um, uh, Florida basketball, uh, and definitely we'll get into uh, F- Florida football and. Uh, I'm going to tell you, and this isn't going to be a popular opinion. As you know, I have some opinions that aren't popular. On maybe, maybe some people need to pump the brakes a little bit on the Gators, and I have some strong feelings about that. Also, uh, uh, we'll get into some other news for the day and things that are going on, mock drafts and that kind of thing. So we'll, we're finding things to talk about, but the number one story for us, uh, obviously on Monday the uh, news that Scotty Lewis would be coming back this year. Now, I will say that when I found out that there was going to be an announcement, I was like, well, okay, let's get it Let's get it over with. Why did it take so long? And, in fact, it's kind of weird that we still don't know for sure about, and, again, when you're listening to this, you may have already found out, but we don't know for sure about um, Andrew Nemhard and Keontae Johnson. I have some thoughts on those guys as well, but let's – Start out with Scotty Lewis. This is part of the situation that I thought might happen in the NFL. I, or I'm sorry, the NBA, where you have guys who are not surefire high draft picks. Now, look, if you're going to be a uh, like Ashton Hagen's declared for the draft and he's not coming back. Some other guys have done that and they've already said we're we're done. We're not. We're hired an agent. We're we're out. But other guys, and there are a bunch of them that are still going out, but I think fewer than normal, 
there's a lot of guys that are certainly looking at it and going, well, wait a minute, I can't display my talents. And this is what Scotty said. He doesn't have an opportunity to have private workouts, to have public workouts, to play in any kind of summer leagues, to have meetings, head-to-face-to-face, head-to-head meetings with executives and show him what a what a cool dude he is, you know, uh, um, this is the kind of guy you'd want on your team because he really is a, a very, uh, you know, smart guy. I mean, you you talk to him. He's he's. I remember when uh, we interviewed uh, Kerry Blackshear before the seasons this year. Um, Edgar Thompson and I had an opportunity to go talk to him. He said, look, we asked about Scotty Lewis. He goes, Scotty Lewis is going to be president one day. and Because that's the kind of uh, personality he has. Nobody knows that, though. You can't – you don't have an opportunity. And the other thing is, if you don't get drafted, the opportunity to go play overseas isn't there, obviously. No, nobody's going overseas or coming back from overseas right now. So with what we're dealing with, when you think about it – and this is one thing I, I saw Jeff Goodman writing for the stadium um, said that it was a really mature decision. And I've I've seen some other people say that, and I got and boy that it reeks of maturity, a maturity beyond his years, and maybe a maturity that Scotty Lewis didn't have when he got to Florida. You know, I I, I shared this story of um, when Scotty said, you know, I had to learn to trust my coaches, and uh, after the LSU game, and when I brought it up to Mike White, he says, well, we'll see if he trusts us tomorrow. But so obviously there was a little bit of a conflict there in terms of. Hey, we want we've got a plan. And this is one thing that I feel like Dan Mullen's really been good about is making guys understand. And it doesn't happen it doesn't happen all at once. And it, you know, there're probably some guys on that even on this year's team that were came in as freshmen and go, "Wait a minute, what's what's coach talking about? My old coach never said this." You know, I used to call it the re-recruitment of athletes where you you love them and re- recruit them like they're your your long lost children, and then you've got to straighten them out and say, "Hey, look! By the way, I'm in charge of you now, and you better do it the way I say, or you're not going to play." And so I think that that maturity level wasn't there when Scotty Lewis came. He was a guy who'd been hearing since he was in ninth grade. You know, you're a one and done guy, man. You're one and done. So he gets here and he's like, "Okay, here I am, big man on campus." And uh, I think it was a struggle for him. And, I, you know, the funny thing is I remember watching him play the first few games going, five-star? Are you kidding me? As the season went on, you could see that talent. And you saw them bring it out. It took them a while. It was a slower process than they would have liked and I'm sure than Scotty would have liked. But eventually... I mean, he was a, a really good player, a lockdown defender, a guy who started making threes, a guy who uh, could drive it to the basket. But he's got to get a lot better to, to play in the NBA. There's no question. But um, it's great to have him back, you know. It was like one of those things this morning where when you found out, you went, hey, here's some good news for once. You know, it, it's it's sports. We've talked ad nauseum about how sports is a distraction and Blah blah blah. We know we're dealing with more important things, and I, I cannot tell you how many times I've said to people, "Be safe, wash your hands, social distancing, all that stuff." 
We're about to go through probably one of the worst times in our lives, right, in the next couple of weeks. So, but sports is a distraction. And that's what we're talking about here. It's a distraction. And Scotty Lewis come back, coming back is a huge deal for Florida basketball. Now, I did see that um, a couple of people had already said, well, this makes me put want to put them in the top 20. And I'm sure somewhere Mike White could feel the chills going up and down his spine. Because I th- they would love to just be under the radar this year. Hey, yeah, well, you know, Florida, I don't think they're going to be very good this year. You know, those guys weren't really five stars, whether it was Trey Mann, whether it was Scotty Lewis. Um, so I think now they're going to kind of get a little bit of love again. I don't think they want love. I don't think he wants love. It's interesting because I saw Joe Lenardi came out with his um, – Way too early, as we all know, bracketology. To be honest with you, there isn't anything. Sing- I mean, I believe in way too early things and all the stuff that's going on. Anybody can produce copy. Yay for you right now. We're all dealing in a tough situation as sports writers. If you can come up with a story idea and people will click on it, good for you. And that's what Joe Lenardi's doing. It's a way too early. Again, the national championship game. And national championship final four, or you know, would have been this weekend, and uh, you got to come up with stuff. But he had Florida as a six seed, which surprised me, because I don't think people are are uh, very high on Florida just because of what they've lost. But I'm sure he's basing it on what Florida could have back. Now the question is, what do they have back? Do they get guys back that um, we'll still have to see about? You know, my feeling about. Uh, Keontae Johnson has all along been the same thing. He was the best player on Florida's team this year. He was a glue. He's a guy that made them go. But I just didn't see him, because he's a tweener, you know, obviously not not a guard really, not a forward either. But he, what he is is a really good college basketball player, and it may not translate to the NBA. And, it's, again, we go back to the other thing about where do you go play if you don't get drafted? So I think he'll be back. Um, I, in fact, I don't think my, – my impression is most people believe close to that situation that he will be back. And so then it comes down to does Andrew Nemhart come back? And I, I, I don't know. I, I think it's 60-40 yes right now. Um, there are some times where guys – I've seen this happen where a player – test the draft market whether in basketball or is considering whether to go out in football um can't make kind of but because he is considering it maybe he does come back for his sophomore year in basketball or you know um is you know and again or is just considering it and he almost feels like the pressure is on him to go pro because everybody he told everybody when he got to school whether it's florida or anywhere else yeah, uh, hopefully the next three years are the best three years of my life because I'll, I'll be going pro then. And they feel almost pressured into it. Some guys make huge mistakes in doing that. But as I've said a million times, um, it's their decision. But the thing is, with uh, Andrew, he may he may feel some of that. I already tested it once. Now, you know, I, I kind of have to go. But I don't know. I don't sense that that's going to be the case. So if that does happen... Here's Florida with the newcomers coming in, sitting right at 13 scholarships 
I believe I'm right on that. Full load for the Mighty Gators where, you know, I think a lot of us were thinking, well, I don't know how good this team's going to be next year because, you know, obviously Dante Bassett leaves, you lose Kerry Blackshear, and that's still going to be a concern. Um, I think there's going to be, when they can get to practicing and doing all that, a huge emphasis on Omar Payne doing the right things and, and developing him into a great player, which I believe he can be. But the question is, you don't know what how much you're, time you're going to miss. And, and I wonder about that. I, don't, I wonder how basketball players, for example, when they're going to play, um, going to just go to a gym, or uh, gyms probably for the most part aren't open, or even finding a basket that's, old rusty tin basket out there but you can't really play with anybody because if you're if you're observing social distancing you can't you can't you know you can't get any closer than trying to guard somebody so you wonder how guys are going to progress that normally might have made a big leap from freshman to sophomore year now we don't know if that's going to happen. You know, might there be an exaggerated uh, practice schedule for basketball? And, you know, instead of limiting you to 20 hours a week, say, look, for this, this year and this year only, we're going to go to 30 and maybe get more time in. But, um, but again, it's the same for everybody. We'll see how good this Florida basketball team is. So, uh, obviously um, – We've been doing a lot of stuff with football. I hope everybody's been enjoying it. Uh, all the lists, we're, I think we're done with those top tens finally. But we got some other things coming. And I had a really interesting conversation today with somebody who was on a team that I'm going to write about. Not the best of times for the Gators, but I think it really shaped Florida football. So I'm not going to tease it too much, but we will talk about that. Um, but what I mentioned earlier about perhaps pumping the brakes a little bit on Florida football. I'm going to get to that. But first, we do have to take a break. We'll take that break. Then we'll come back more with the Duly Noted Podcast at Gatorsports.com. At ViStar, we believe in better. Better convenience. So members can bank any way they want, whether it's at a branch, on a mobile device, or at one of more than 20,000 fee-free ATMs across North America. We believe that people have better things to do with their time. If you believe that convenience is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Tailgates and Gator Winds call for the best cigars available from around the world. Pick your sticks today and save at the Florida family-owned site, thehumidor.com. Get free shipping on every cigar order. Find boxes from the biggest brands, samplers hand-selected by top tobacconists, or pick your own single sticks. Thehumidor.com, going the distance for fine cigars. Okay, so here's the reason I tell people maybe we should all pump the brakes on Florida just a touch. Just tap them, okay? And and here's the here's the big reason. And and this is based on the unknown. 
Like, first of all, we don't know when college football is going to start. Nobody has any idea. Anybody who says they do has no, they're, they're, they're not, I'm not saying they're being stupid. Like with Dabo saying, I have no doubt it's going to start on time. He's got to convey that message to his team. His team needs to think we're starting September 5th. I, I assume that's the date they start. Everybody's connected with their programs got to think that way. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But you've got to be thinking that way, that that's when you're going to start. So I get that. I get that. But the truth is he doesn't know and we don't know and the president doesn't know and nobody knows. Nobody knows where we're going to be in two weeks or three weeks or a month. And then we'll maybe we'll know a little bit more. But I, I will be shocked if the season starts on time. And we don't know what it's going to look like. But my, the, the point I'm, I'm trying to make here, and you knew I would eventually get to it, is because there's so many unknowns and it's going to be such a weird dynamic. How are these guys staying in shape? How much shape are they in? Are they going to be in playing shape when, they're, when they come back and they get a couple of practices in? Or are they not? It's, and I talked about this last week on the podcast. People saying, well, we need two months, three months, whatever, to get guys in shape. Whatever. You may not get that. The football is going to look different. The sport's going to look different for, for this season. We don't know when it's going to start. It may start in September. I doubt it, but it may start in November. If it starts in November, maybe your guys aren't as sharp. Maybe you're playing in colder weather than you're used to playing in. You're playing uh, games in late December, uh, not in the state of Florida. Maybe you're playing at Tennessee in this, on December 9th or something. You don't know. So while we, I think a lot of us have looked at what at Florida's schedule, which is, and again, we're doing these things every day, and you can read them at Gatorsports.com on looking at Florida's uh, opponents uh, week day by day. That'll be in every day. I'm I'm doing those, working on that. I think I have uh, I don't even know who I have next. I might maybe Ole Miss. I got to work on that. Um, but we don't know what the schedule is going to actually look like. Could be that all the the non-conference, I mean, obviously FSU wouldn't get wiped out, but the other non-conference games are going to get wiped out. Uh, we just don't know. And so as a result, we don't know what kind of shape anybody's going to be in. We don't know how sharp they're going to be, how how teams adjust, how players adjust mentally. And that's why it's hard for me, even though I like Florida's team, I like their team on paper, I like the fact that they have made a better roster, the roster's better than I think it was last year, even though they're going to miss some guys. By the way, wait till you get a load of my Thursday column. You're going to freak out about that one because that's that could cause a little controversy, at least a little bit. Um, I'm working ahead a little bit here. but um, So we just don't know what, what football is going to look like in 2020 slash 21. You know, we like a lot of people want to talk about the advantage Florida has because uh, these teams that didn't have spring football that really needed it. Yeah, but I don't know that it's even that much of an advantage. Maybe it would have been if we had started the season on time. If if we move forward and all of a sudden in, in August camp was starting, which again, I don't believe it will, but it may. You never know. So I just don't, I don't think. Picking a top 25 right now makes any sense at all. Now, 
Again, you can fill a paper, you can fill a website, you can get clicks. More power to you because of all everything we're dealing with, it's hard right now. But realistically, from my viewpoint, I just don't see the point in it until we know when we're playing and who is playing who. So we'll just see. We'll just see going forward what we end up with, um, what the schedules look like, who's playing, who's starting the season. Uh, it's crazy, but this is what we have to deal with. Again, don't think for a second, I don't think Florida is going to be one of the teams that's predicted to be very high, really high. I think a lot of teams are going to have the Gators in the playoffs. I think a lot of teams are going to lo- love Florida. I, uh, you're going to see, uh, because people have so much time with no practices and no actual games, they're going to be dissected. It's almost going to be like the what I call the Tebow effect. When Tebow came out, you know, from uh, after his senior year at Florida, the NFL people just had a field day for months, tearing him apart and ripping him apart and telling you why he wasn't going to be successful. Now, some people would say he was successful. He won a playoff game. But most people would tell you it didn't work out for Tim. But it wasn't – I don't think it was because what they saw, I think it was opportunity and because what they didn't realize is – Tebow's celebrity was going to make him an issue, not his, not to his fault. Now, I'll always believe this. If Tim Tebow had been Joe Smith without all the trappings that came with him coming to your team, while there were a lot of positives, and of course, as he's a, one of the most positive people and one of the best people I know, but I do believe that that, that hurt him. I think that hurt him, and I think it affected his... Um, the people, the way people evaluate them. Anyway, that's not the point of this. The point is to say people are going to tear this Florida team apart because they're going to have too much time to try to do that. Don't let that bother you either. So at the same time, pump the brakes a little bit, but don't step on them all the way. I still think this is going to be a great uh, football team. Now, let's move on to the draft. It'll be a really interesting uh, coming up in two weeks. We'll we'll. We'll try to get somebody on again. I'm I'm still, as I said, trying to figure out the technology of what I'm doing here, but I'm not very good at at doing it. Um, but we'll hopefully get to that point where we can get a guest on uh, next week, and maybe we'll get somebody to talk about the draft. Uh, but look, they are they made a, a decision on Monday that um, all the drafts are going to be conducted from the homes of the general managers. And, you know, obviously, look, it's not that big a deal. I I think they could have all the drafts done by telephone, without cameras, without the way the old way they used to do it. I don't think you necessarily need, like I think Jack Youngblood told me once, he didn't even know he got drafted. I remember when Neil Walk, the great Neil Walk, who's, you know, one of the great Florida basketball players of all time, said he was at the beach when he when he got drafted. Second pick in the draft. Didn't even know he got drafted in basketball. So anybody who complains about evaluations and all this stuff, eh, it's falling on deaf ears here. It should be, look, who do you want? Pick him. If you want to make a trade, get on the phone, make the trade. You can still do that. We've all seen uh, draft day. What'd they do, right? He... Um, you know, he was constantly on the phone going back and forth. I don't, I don't think that's hard to set that up. So uh, 
I, I some of the whining about the draft, some of the whining about having the draft, I think has been ridiculous. Some of the whining about, well, we we can't evaluate these guys enough because they know pro. Just go ahead and pick them. Give us something to watch. That's all I care about. It's going to be interesting to see. Look, the Bengals can't possibly screw up Joe Burrow as far as drafting him. Now they can screw him up as a player because they've done that to so many players over the years. Uh, but I'm I'm fascinated to see where some of the different guys go because when you're a college football fan like I am and like I think a lot of all you all you are. You sit there and you watch a guy and go, God, that guy's so good. He's going to be – I'm glad he's leaving Florida and playing him again. Uh, he's going to be a great NFL player. Like I was looking at the running backs, the list of running backs, and feels like Florida played against all of them. Of course, not Jonathan Taylor, but, you know, uh, DeAndre Swift and, and Cam Akers. So I think those are great players. But you never know how that's all going to pan out, especially in the NFL where running backs aren't really coveted because – they're a dime a dozen. Guys who can run hard, run fast. You know, I'm interested to see where LaMichael P. Ryan goes. And uh, guys like that, I hope he goes to the – like with him, I don't care where he goes. I hope he goes to the right place where they they know what to do with him. You know, to me, that has become what the draft is when you're sitting here and, and you're – I don't want to say I'm invested in anything – any of these players, but I, I root for them. I hope that they do well because we've gotten to know them. So I that's what I'm hoping for. I just hope they go to the right place. Like Tebow, going back to Tebow, went to the right place, but then it didn't work out, you know, for a number of reasons. You know, I got rid of the coach, Josh McDaniels, who drafted him, and that that wasn't great. And then, of course, Elway came in and didn't like him at all. So it turned out to be the wrong place. If he'd gone to the right place, maybe he would have lasted longer in the league. Um, so I'm a big believer that it's all about where you go, not when you go. And and I will be so fascinated with this draft. And look, I'm the guy who stands up there all the time and says, the draft is so boring. I don't want to watch the NFL draft. Just tell me where everybody went. Yeah, times have changed, my man. Times have changed drastically. We will watch anything, and I mean anything, if it's live sports. Uh, no, no, I didn't watch WrestleMania. I, don't, I wasn't going to watch WrestleMania. I'm not going to go that far, which has been like the only live sports on. But no, I will watch the draft. In fact, I will probably have a draft party, and by that I mean I will sit there and watch it by myself with a couple of cold beers, <laughs> which is a party these days. So uh, I'll be interested to see what the Jaguars do. They're trying to rebuild, obviously. Uh, they pick at nine. I think the um, obviously at two, uh, the Dolphins, I would think, please don't screw us up and just go get Chase Young, right? I, I, I would have to think that they're going to do that, but you never know. You never know with them. Um where do the Bucks? I I'm, I don't have it written down where they pick. It's I know it's in the teens, but they've got. You know, there's a lot of ways they could go if there's not a left tackle available to protect uh, Tom Brady. They may go defense. They may just. Uh, but again, I, I I'm a big believer, especially this year, guys. Just go with the guy you think's the best player, and and they'll say that. 
well, you got to take the best player available. No, then you don't always do that. We've seen it. You don't always do that. Sometimes you take the guy that you think will fit into your scheme better than in other schemes, even though most people don't have him rated that high. You have him rated high because you think he's going to fit into your scheme, and then you fire the coach a year later, and you got now your scheme's different. Take the best players. Uh, well, and it'll be really interesting to see where C.J. Henderson goes. Probably the only first-rounder for Florida. But, um, you know, a really, really good player. Don't take – and I'll just tell you. I'm going to give you a little bit of a hint. But my column for Thursday's paper is going to be about C.J. Henderson in a, in a way that some people are going to take as a slight, but it's not. It's the opposite. I think he's a excellent football player, and I would draft him very high if it was me. All right. I think we got to take a break. We'll take a break, and when we come back, um, and again, I don't know if I'm getting my breaks right because I'm doing this on the phone here in isolation, quarantine. But um, when we come back, I will talk about golf. You may that may make you turn your TVs off. I mean, your TVs click off of this. But obviously, some things happen in golf. And I was real excited about when we come back on the duly noted podcast at Gatorsports.com. Zaxby's taking chicken to a whole new level of flavor. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or visit Zaxby's.com. Okay, welcome back to the duly noted podcast at Gatorsports.com. Yeah, you know, I was very excited to see they've set the dates for the Masters. Third round of the Masters is going to be on my birthday. And luckily, Florida's at home. That was the first thing I did was go check Florida's schedule to make sure we were not going to be flying on Friday to go to a game and miss most of the, of the second round or flying back on Sunday and missing some of the final round of the Masters. It is going to be, a, I think, a historic Masters. Played in November, but it's on my birthday, the third round, and Florida plays Missouri I guess I have to root hard for that noon start. You know how much I love noon starts. Although, actually, I'll take an 8 o'clock. I'll take an 8 o'clock uh, for the Missouri game. I can watch golf all day. That'll be that'll be pretty cool. In fact, Jeff was asking me the other uh, – I guess it was Monday. He was asking me if it's the final round of the Masters or the Bucks versus the Chiefs, Mahomes against Brady, and they're both undefeated – and you only have one TV, which one do you watch? You can't change channels. And I said, the golf. I'm watching the Masters, no doubt about it. Now, if it's Florida and Tennessee, it's, that may be a totally different story. But it's exciting. You're going to have the U.S. Open in the fall. You're going to have this waterlogged golf schedule. But I think it, it, if they can pull this off and we get to where we're safe, and again, they're they're talking about having the Memorial in late July with no fans if we can get to that point, this is going to be kind of I th- I think personally this is going to be the beginning of sports coming back is going to be golf. I felt that all along because obviously there doesn't have to be a lot a lot of social I mean non social distancing I guess you would call it. Everybody can get as far away from each other as they want. Um, just you know, just be careful. You got to sanitize the cups, I guess. You know, of course everybody's doing this thing where you take the cups out of the ground, but they're not going to do that on the tour. Um, you just got to sanitize them. 
I don't see why you can't play fanless golf. Now, the Masters without fans eh, won't quite be the same. But I will say this. I watched on Saturday the replay of the women's amateur at Augusta National and I know the fans were there and it was they were they got into it but they weren't like crazy into it because they were just watching it and applauding and they like they're the best galleries in the world they're the best fans in sports in my opinion but I could have done without them I would have been all right just watching them play the course now is it better yeah would it be better for watching yeah is it better to play in front of fans yeah but golf's a sport where guys get mad if a cricket moves so they they'll probably be thrilled to go play, and they've done it before. There have been events. I think there was an event in China one year. I don't know if that was. I don't know what the reason. It might have been one of the other viruses we've had to deal with, where they played an entire round without any fans. Look, right now, would you watch the Valero Open? Which for some reason they replay over and over again. Would you watch the Valero Open? Even if there weren't stars involved, just to watch live sports, yes, you would. At least I would. So it's going to be really interesting in golf. Um, but one thing I found re- interesting, and another, I, I've repeated the word interesting here, is the difference between the weather in, from April to November, when the Masters is supposed to be played now, the temperature difference is only 8 degrees. It's 77 is the average temperature in April in uh, November, it's 69, be a little chillier, and that's the average. But the, the big thing is 13 hours of daylight versus 10 and a half. So they're going to probably have to do some things that are going to be different. And look, whatever has to be done for for safety, number one, and secondly, just to get it in, number two, if you have to cut the fields to 40 after after the, you know, or maybe not let as many players in. Whatever you have to do, you could go off two tees, which they have done uh, occasionally. They don't like it. That makes them mad. They're big on tradition. But they have gone off the 10th and 1st tees like they do for other tournaments. They have done it at times because of rain delays that they've had. So that, to me, would be the easiest solution. Just go off 1 and 10. Nobody cares about the guys going off 10 on Sunday anyway. They're out of the tournament. And go, it doesn't matter what order they play the course in. So that'll be interesting. Um, you know, one other thing I wanted to mention was there was a player who went into the transfer portal Monday that was a big surprise. His name is Matt Harms. Uh, apparently, Purdue was stunned that he did. They did not see it coming. He's seven foot three, and boy, my first thought, like I'm sure you, many of you thought, man, that's exactly what Florida needs. Yeah, well, first of all, if the if their other two guys come back and they'll they'd rather have that, they'll be full on scholarships. And second of all, I think there may be at the end of the whole let's let's just bring in big guy transfers, which has been really the way they they've signed a bunch, but they've also, you know, it, it was Igbunu and even even Dorian Finney Smith was a big big player, six nine, six eight, somewhere in there, um, and then obviously uh, Kerry Blackshear. So. Develop a guy. I think it's kind of the way they're going to look at things. But the guy blocked 210 shots in his career at Purdue, and he's eligible right away. My fear, 
is it Kentucky ends up getting him because he's the kind of guy they need, especially if EJ Washington turns pro. But um, he's a little bit of a plotter. I've watched him play. I don't know that he fits into what they want to do. We'll see where he ends up. But it's an interesting uh, story. Um, another interesting tidbit, the Pac-12 is their commissioner's taking a 20% pay cut. He's so overpaid already. He should take it permanently, maybe make it 30. But the the thing that I think a lot of people get mad about, and this goes back to the reason some people were against the draft going on as scheduled is people, as we all know, are losing their jobs everywhere. Some are getting furloughs. Some are losing them completely. And you're going to draft a kid and go, hey, isn't that great? He's going to make millions of dollars now. Nobody, Nobody's really that excited about it. But look, eventually they're going to make it anyway, so I don't think it's that big a deal. But as far as the Pac-12 goes, they're laying off 8% of their staff. Well, why don't you take a 30% pay cut there, Larry Scott, and don't have to lay off so many people. A little tone deaf, a little maybe. Eh, I don't know. Um, and one other thing before I get to three things, which I know is your favorite part of the show. The uh, NBA, I was listening to Brian Windhorst the other day, who really knows the NBA, and he was saying, look, anybody who thinks they're going to play is out of their minds. It's not happening. They're preparing totally for a shutdown, that they're not going to come back. How are they going to save money? How are they going to deal with player contracts? And on and on and on we go. Uh, so I don't think you're going to – I don't know. When guys like that say, uh, you know, there may be some – like they, they're talking about having a horse contest and stuff like that. I don't know that we're going to ever see or see the NBA finish its season. I, they're kind of making plans not to. So we all – again, we all – none of us know anything. All we're doing is, is taking guesses. Some of them are educated. Some of them are not. All right, let me get to three things. It's time for three things. All right, number one on three things. I want to start out by uh, two people passed away. As far as I know, they were unrelated to what we're dealing with, with all the all the loss of life, but they were just plain old, like like a lot of us. But Al Kaline was just such a great player when I was a kid. I wasn't a Detroit fan didn't really wasn't a real Al Kaline fan, but you knew about Al Kaline. I mean, Al Kaline came to uh, to play against your team, and you knew that was not good. You did not want to see him come to the plate. Such a great player, and then Tom Dempsey, um, which was is one of the greatest stories ever. The sixty three yard field goal with a deformed foot that was a record. I it was a record forever. I don't think I think somebody broke it right. I probably should have checked that out before I uh, before I did this podcast, but uh, it was always such a cool story. And every anytime they would air a story about how you know how he had done this uh, sixty three yards, and it, and it won the game. Now I believe they only won two games that year, uh, the Saints, but that gave those Saints, which had nothing. Nothing going for him, at least something to cheer about. Um, I'm, I'm actually looking that up as we do this podcast. All right, so we'll get to, yes, the longest now is 64, Matt Prater. He was, of course, the guy who kind of saved 
Tim Tebow for, in a lot of those games. And then a lot of guys have made it since. Jason Elam, Sebastian Janikowski, yuck. David Akers, Graham Gano, Brett Maher. Brett, Bill, is that Bill Maher's brother? All right, so they did break that record. I thought they did. And also, uh, so those two guys, kind of on different ends of the spectrum. Al Kaline was this incredible, great player. Tom Dempsey, though, when I saw he died, it made me really sad because when, when you were my age, you kind of grew up remembering the Tom Dempsey kick. Might have been one of the biggest kicks of my lifetime, even though they won two games that year. Uh, number two, congratulations to Marquise Pouncey. Maybe you get a plaque for this. I don't know. But uh, obviously the former Florida Gator is the one Florida player that was on the NFL's all-decade team that they came out with. Uh, you know, who wasn't on there was Joe Hayden, who was not happy about it. He pointed out his stats and how much better they were than everybody and a lot of the guys that made the team, he said he was on his own all-NFL team. And I said, yeah, I, you'd be on mine, all-decade team. And it made me think, hey, here's another story we can do, idea we can do. How about if we did an all-decade Florida team? And then I went, that sounds familiar. And I went and looked it up. Yeah, we did it the day after Christmas of last year. Oh, well. <laughs> there's one we can't do. But anyway, good for Marquise Pouncey. And finally, number three, one of the biggest stories in in uh, in sports happened this this weekend, and not very many people cared or paid attention to it. But Vic Schaefer, the coach at Mississippi State, who Scott Strickland hired and um, to go there, and when when the job came open uh, after Amanda Butler was fired, I said, man, he may go get Vic Schaefer. Vic Schaefer did unbelievable things at Mississippi State. He leaves for Texas, which was a stunner. But, you know, in retrospect, I, I know that the way Florida was thinking, we're not going to go spend a fortune on a sport. Nobody nobody goes to the games now. Uh, yeah, we might get it to a point where they they were good enough that people some people went to the game, but women's basketball not overly popular here in this state or in this certainly not in this town so i get why they didn't do something like that but man texas they they got money to burn out there and they're uh excited but that was a huge deal and it's going to be interesting to see who mississippi state hires although to be honest with you i don't really care that much but i just thought i'd mention it because it was a big story it just wasn't a big story to anybody but maybe me or a couple other people all right, that's going to do it for our Duly Noted podcast. Again, we're going to work really hard so that by next week, we'll get you a guest. I promise we're going to really try to do that. We'll be able to bring you somebody. Until then, though, I'm Pat Dooley, and I'm the sports columnist of the Gainesville Sun. I am deep, I am way back, and I am out of here. The Duly Noted Podcast is brought to you by Zaxby's, the home of handmade-to-order chicken, salads, and more than a dozen mild-to-wild sauces. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today. And by Vistar Credit Union, with locations across Gator Country. Visit ViStarCU.org. And the Humidor, going the distance for fine cigars. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. 
Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.